Hey guys, my name is Michael. Um, maybe we've had the privilege of meeting each other over the last couple weeks. Maybe you've never seen my face before, but um, it would be a joy to meet you. But just to introduce myself, I'm the Youth and Community Engagement Director here at Central. And it's been awesome over the last week or so getting to know many of you and seeing your faces, whether um, you're a student or a student's parent. It's been really awesome. And the best thing that I found out about this family is that it truly is a family here. I think going into week one, um, you come into any new place and you wonder if you're going to fit in, if you're, if you're going to look a little bit different. But honestly, so many of you guys have, have made me feel like I'm just uh, here for the last 20 years, honestly. Like I, I've just left for a little bit and I came back home and, and you guys truly have been an awesome family to me. So thank you to all of you guys. Um, so just, I get the privilege of talking um, this week on the last uh, week of the series Bucket List. And just to share one of my bucket lists, um, it's maybe something that I don't really have say in, but it's something that I would like to see before I go. And that one thing is I would love to see the Raiders win a Super Bowl. Now, that being said, um, being a, a Raiders fan, it's not always the easiest thing, but one thing you will know about me is I am loyal to my teams and I'm loyal to my family, so I'm excited to get to know you guys. Um, and so as we go into bucket list, let's just kind of take a little overview of what we've been going over. And so the big idea for this series is um, to number your days so you don't waste your days. And our theme verse is Psalms 90, 12. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And so um, just going on along that side, I have the privilege to talk to you of, of what it means to live a life worthy. And so I know a lot of things could come to your mind, and maybe you're thinking about your workplace. How do I have success? Well, all those things, they, they do have value, but we're going to talk about what it means to live worthy of following Jesus or, or giving your life to Jesus and going after that. And so uh, the first thing we have to do is look at what the Bible says. This is not something that I made up, so um, if you want, you can go straight to it. Um, and really, in that time, you have to look at Ephesians 4. Now, this is a verse that uh, I've been looking over, and it says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. The calling you have received. Um, and it says, Be completely humble, gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And it continues on, it says, There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And I know that's a lot of wordage and a lot of things, so we're actually just going to look at one piece of that for a little bit, because I think that is the most key part in understanding this verse. And there's this phrase in it, and it says, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And I know that there's a lot of things going on, and maybe so many questions coming to your mind, and that's okay, we're going to answer some of those questions today. And so for me, the first thing that we have to look at is what does worthy mean? Worthy is the root word, um, is worth, and that is simply how much something costs or is valued. So think of the reality of your car. It, um, as soon as you purchase it, maybe it's $25,000, it leaves the lot and it's now worthless, right? But it still has value because you're, you're putting money into it. You're putting um, your time into washing it. 
Maybe think of how much your house is worth. It increases in value over time or decreases depending on how things go. Or even think about your time. Because you don't just give that away to anybody, right? Um, you, you actually choose the people you want to spend time with. And because of that, like you, you place a value on it in a way. Is that saying it costs something. Um, whether that's like you have to leave a little bit earlier to hang out with them. Or you have to say no to hang out with other friends. Um, it does cost you something. And I think, honestly, a life with Jesus, it costs us everything. If you said yes to him, if you um, walk with him, then maybe you understand that, man, um, you have to be a little bit more giving. You're called to be a little bit more compassionate. You're You're probably called to give a little bit more mercy, a little bit more grace, and even called to be like, God, my finances, you have them, and it costs you something, and maybe you become anxious, whatever it might be, Um, I don't know. And there's another part in that verse, and it says to live worthy. And live essentially, in some translations, it says different things. And one of the other things that it says in other translations is walk. And walk in simplicity is saying, what is our day-to-day with Jesus? It's like, how do you invite Jesus into areas of your life, whether that is your finances? Whether it's you're driving on um, your way to work and you get cut off. Like, how do you respond? Are you inviting Jesus into that moment? Are you lashing out at the person? Or are you just giving and extending a little bit more mercy? And I know there's another part, the third part of the verse that says um, what our calling is and, and what we've received. So I think, obviously, we have to first understand our call. And there's two calls as um, Christians. And there's a general call and a call that's specific to each of us. So we'll go over those things. So the first one, um, looking at Scripture, is one of the calls that's general to all of us is in Matthew 28, 19, 20. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, that maybe seem like something crazy, but that's one of the things that Jesus said to his disciples before he left. And it's something that we, once we say yes to him, are required to do. In simplicity, go and make disciples means, are we reaching out to our neighbors? Are we reaching out to our coworkers? Are you doing um, what you are called to do as a mother and father for your children? Are you doing um, what you're called to do and, and hanging out with people who don't know him so that maybe they would get a glimpse and taste how good he really is? And the next part of that, um, of a general call, um, it's a little bit kind of crazy at first when you think about it, but we'll, we'll talk about it for a second. It's in Matthew 10, 8, and it says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received and freely you shall give. Now, maybe you're not the person who's seeing someone raised from the dead. Maybe you're not the person who who is seeing people healed um, all the time. Well, there's something that God has done in your life if you've chosen to follow him. Now, for me, God gave me peace in a way that um, no one else could understand. I was a man who honestly did not like a lot of people. And God came in and disrupted my life and One of the things that I did when I first started following Jesus is I said, God, that same thing you did for me, I want to be a part of that in other people's lives. 
You gave it to me, so I want to be a part of people seeing and encountering that same thing. And so whether um, you met God in salvation in, in a different way, like you are actually required to like give that away because you carry authority in it. It's like, I can't go give away things that you got because I have no idea what it means. I wouldn't have the same authority. So I, I urge you to, to talk to the people around you, the people who, who you've done life with, and that is what we are all called to do. And the second thing is something that I would say is more specific to each of us. It's, it's a specific calling that God has called to us. And in Ephesians 2.10 it says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I, I love this verse because it's, yes, do good works, and God prepared something in advance for me. God prepared something in advance for you. And maybe, um, maybe you're not the one who's speaking every Sunday. Maybe you're not the one who, who leads small groups or any of those things. But maybe you're the one who was supposed to influence the medical industry. Maybe you were the one who was supposed to influence the tech industry, the music industry. Whatever it is, I'm sure that you have a desire to, to do those things. And I honestly don't. And I'm glad I don't. Because if you heard me sing, you would laugh. If you heard me do some of the things that you could do, you would actually be like, man, is this guy serious? Now, I like to, to think of this, and only because you know who he is. Um, Tim is obviously bigger than I am. I am not necessarily the biggest guy. I'm actually quite small. If you come up to me, you'll see that. Now, I want you to imagine Tim trying to put on my clothes. He would have high waters. Um, his pants would probably be up to um, his knees, and it would just be funny, right? Well, that same kind of thing goes through areas of life. I, I, I would say right now, I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but I don't think Tim is called to be a youth pastor. And I don't think that um, he would have the same grace over his life right now in this moment. And it's not that he could not do it, but it's not that he is given the responsibility to do that thing right now, and I get the joy of doing that. The Lord has called me into, to the youth of America, to the youth of San Jose, to the youth of Central, so that they would know that they are loved and known by Jesus. Like, I get to play in that story. And you don't have to do what I'm doing, so do what only you were made to do. Go after the tech industry. Go after the medical industry. Go be an educator and teach students. Like, that's something specific to you, and maybe you have the question in your mind, like, I don't know what I'm called to do. And I had a very similar experience in my life. So the next thing I would say is, man, you have to find your call. And so how do you do that? Well, I had a moment in my life where I was actually going into transition with a, a new season. And I went and met with the married couple. And this married couple was amazing. They're um, Jesus lovers. They asked me basically, Michael, what is it that you want to do? And I was like, man, I want to see um, kids get saved. I want to see people set free. I want to see people experience peace. And she looked at me and she said, that's awesome. Those things are going to happen. But that's also what I'm called to do. But what exactly, Michael, has God called you to do? And so how do we know our call? I think it's simple. There's, there's things that I had to do from that point to kind of get to understanding my calling for the youth of America. 
And the first thing, it was so simple. And, and this might be this, the, the easiest teaching you ever hear, but I think this is the thing that we often neglect the most. And so the first thing we have to do is talk to God. Now, I know that may seem simple. Oh, prayer. We hear about that in the church. It's, it's awesome. We're supposed to experience all these things. Well, I want to introduce you to someone. Um, my sister, she's awesome. Her name is Priscilla. Well, my sister is um, what I like to call a chatty Kathy. But one of the things you don't know about my sister is my sister has um, this crazy um, call on her life to reach students right now who people would say are far too gone. There's students in her class that teachers said, oh, I can't deal with them anymore. And so she is awesome, and she does all these things, but she also has this weird superpower. And her superpower is that she is able to share the same story with me four times in the same week. And it's not like that she's super forgetful, but she's just kind of a, a chatty person. So I call her a chatty Kathy. And maybe you're a chatty Kathy, you like to talk, you like to, to share about your day, you like to do all those things, or, or maybe it's not in person to person, and maybe you are more the information giver, communication master on Facebook. When you wake up in the morning, you let the world know. Hey guys, I'm headed to work. Check. Hey guys, I just got cut off on my way to work. Hey, um, hopefully I have a good day, work has been kind of crazy check. Hey, um, I got yelled at by my boss. Today was exactly how I thought it would be. And you, you continue to give information. Maybe you take pictures of your food. Maybe you love communicating in ways that, that are so unnecessary at times. Well, here's what, I, here's what I think of that, is that I've met a lot of those people before, and they often come to me and they say, hey, Michael, um, you know, I, I heard that you, like, hear from God a lot, and he talks to you, and, and you talk back to him, but I don't know if, if that works for me. Well, what if you just, like, talk to God the way that you talk to your computer? What if you talk to God the way, the same way you shared stories? Because I think there's some desire in your heart to, to, to hear from him, to meet with him. And I, I go to this moment, um, right now I have a nephew, his name is Jesse. And Jesse is kind of at that age where he should be able to say more words than he is. And right now, he's kind of in a place where he says no, and he nods his head, and he, he does simple things, but he's not talking quite as much as he should. So one of the ways that he communicates to me is he'll go and grab my hand and take me to the pantry when he's hungry, or he'll go take me to the refrigerator, or he'll just point to his water bottle, and that's kind of the way he talks to me. But there's some times where I don't honestly understand what he wants from me. And so I'm like trying to grab everything for him and, and nothing. He's like, no, and then he starts crying, right? And I think sometimes we do that to God. I think sometimes we just expect him to do all the things that we desire and we never want to ask for it. Well, maybe we should take a look at what the Bible says first because maybe it would pro provoke us to do those things a little bit more. So Psalms 145.18 says this. It says, The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. Man, the Bible's clear that um, when you think God is far away, He's right there, but what He wants you to do is literally talk to Him, to call out His name. And He's there for you. He's ready to answer questions. And Philippians 4.6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. 
But in every situation, by prayer, talk to God, um, and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Man, he just wants to hear the desires of our heart. He wants to help us, but sometimes, yeah, he's all-knowing, all-powerful, all but man, he, he is so intimate and so faithful and so relational that he's just like, why don't you just ask me? Why don't we just talk and, and, and have a moment where, where any question, anything that you request that you have, um, I want to give those things to you because I desire them even more. And the last verse that we'll look at for this part is Jeremiah 33.3. It says, call to me. And I will answer you and tell you great things and unsearchable things you do not know. Man, you have questions for God. Well, he has answers. And, and it's simple. We literally just talk to the man. And, and, and I know maybe for some of you it might seem weird to, to think that you're talking to God. Well, how do I do it? Do I have to say fancy words? Do I have to come? No, like the same way you would communicate a desire to me like, Hey, Michael, I, I really want to go help out this, this friend of mine. He's, he's struggling. Um, this is what I want to do. Do that same thing with Jesus. Hey, God, um, my friend is in trouble. I want to help him. Give me the strength to help him. Give me the guidance, the wisdom, discernment, so that way I can do things properly. And God will give you all those things that are unsearchable that you do not know. And I know that gets a little bit crazy, but what if we went to God first? I know some of you, I'm guilty of doing this same thing. When I wake up, the first thing I look at is my phone. I get caught scrolling sometimes. TikTok, it's addicting. Facebook, it's addicting. Instagram, it's addicting. Like the news, it's addicting. And, and we want to go. And, and maybe you wake up and you have a bunch of text messages and you reply to those first. But what if we came um, and, and the first thing we did is we thanked God for today? We talked to, to God and we said, hey, God, I, I need you today. I need your strength. I need your wisdom. I need your discernment, God. I can't do this alone. And maybe you're wondering why God responds the way he does at times. You know, God called me to do this. I don't understand why God's asking me to do this. And that brings me to my next idea and my next point is that we must understand God to find our call. So in simplicity, how do you find your call? The second thing is understand God. Now, when I think of understanding God, like I have questions sometimes. Like what does God think about marriage? What does God think about um, politics? What does God think about freedom? What does God think about this or that? You, you probably have something that you want to know what God thinks about. Well, I'm going to tell you where all the secrets in the world are. And you've probably known this your whole life. You've probably heard about it. But there's this book. It's called the Bible. And the Bible has all the answers. It talks about marriage. It talks about politics. It talks about anything that you could think of. All those questions you want to wonder, why is God calling me to this? Well, just open it up. And I know what you're thinking. And I've had experiences that are similar. Michael, you don't know my schedule. I wake up in the morning at 6 o'clock. My husband wakes up at 6.10 and when he wakes up, he's loud. He's either grumpy, whatever, I don't know what your relationship is like, but by then your kids wake up and, and you got to make them breakfast and take them to school and then you still have to go to work. And by the time work's done, you have to go pick up your kids and when you get them home, you got to find them dinner and then after that, you still want to make sure that you spend time with um, your husband or your wife or whoever your family is. Uh, just think of your life and the schedule that you have and at the end of the day, you missed out on reading the word. 
And I want to introduce you to someone that you might see in the, the mirror every day, and uh, they are the excuse maker. And now I, I want to share a little bit about um, a TV show that I watch with my dad. It's called Bar Rescue. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't, but there's this man, his name is John Taffer. And John Taffer, what he does is he goes into um, struggling bars and restaurants, and he'll go in there and try to help them uh, become profitable and, and more successful. And so when he goes into those places, he does something that's funny. He'll go up to the owner or the manager and be like, hey, you know, your employees aren't that great. Your cook's not good at all. Your food is horrible. Your drinks are, are this. Um, and he points out all the things that are wrong and why they're struggling. And often what those people do is they'll say, well, you know, our food's not that good, but I hired my friend because I wanted to help them. And I wanted to make sure that they had a job. They were in a rough season. And yeah, that's a nice thing to do. Um, we don't have enough money to, to clean up the facility, so it's a little bit dirty. Um, and, and they start responding as to why all those things are happening. And John Taffer will stop them dead in their track. And he goes like this. He goes, he says, I don't embrace excuses. I embrace solutions. And in simplicity, what he's asking, and I would ask you the same thing, is if you don't have time and all this thing, these things are happening, um, what are you doing to change that? Now, I, I don't want to, to say, hey, like you're not trying, because I believe that a lot of you are busy, and I believe that every single person has their own schedule. But I know how people work. Again, I'm guilty of this. Um, I've waited in long lines for things that bring me joy. I'm a big hockey fan. I'm a, I'm a big Raiders fan. So I will go uh, wake up at four in the morning to go to the tailgate when it was here or when it was in Oakland. And I would wait in line just for a gate to open to go have a tailgate to only wait in line again to see a kickoff, to see my team lose. But at the end of the day, it brought me joy. And I know you maybe do something similar. We wait in line for a lot of things. We'll wait around for Chick-fil-A. We'll wait in line for In-N-Out Burger. You see that line all the way wrapping around cars over and over just for, us, for one meal, right? That tastes pretty good if we're being honest. But we'll wait in line and we'll make time for things that bring us joy. But when it comes to being in our words, sometimes we just make excuses. And what I want to say in that time is that um, what are you doing to change that? The Bible is very clear in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says, all scripture is God breath and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And now if you want to understand who he is, who God is, why God operates the way he does, why God calls you to do the things that you do, um, I would encourage you to get into the word even more. And I, and I know maybe, maybe you're at a place where you don't know where to start. Well, um, we provide a reading plan almost every week for you guys. Follow along with us. If you have questions, I'm, I'm sure anyone would be willing to, to help you out. Or even go on Google and type in Bible reading plan. It's awesome. And I'll tell you what happens is when you're in the Word daily, it changes everything. When I read the Word, um, I notice that I'm a little bit more generous. I have a little bit more faith. I have a little bit more compassion. I have a little bit more mercy. All the things that I, I need to have to get through the day, I have more of when I just sit down and spend time in the Word. 
And so I think the only thing that we can do to get to that point is to find joy in it. Which brings me to my last thing is find joy and delight in serving him. Now this is what I would say if if you get anything through this message. um, This is the one thing that's going to elevate you to the next place, okay? And so I think the first thing we should do is, is look at the scriptures. And so Solomon 1, 1 through 2 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. Now, highlighted is that word delight. When I think of delight, I think of joy. I think of um, finding joy in the law of the Lord and, and, and the things that God calls us to do. Well, how do we get there? Well, I want to bring us to kind of like a, a place where we can all understand. And so I want you to think about someone that you love to bring joy to. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your best friend, your cousin, your mom, whoever you can think of. Think of that person. And now I'm not currently in a relationship, but I'm going to use this as an example because it's maybe something a lot of us have experienced. So normally when you first start talking to someone, you, you, you lean in and you want to know everything about them, right? So maybe you're dating a girl and she's a chatty Kathy. She loves to share about her stories, all her stories, and tell you every single thing. Um, well, you call her late at, before you guys go to bed and, and you ask her, hey, how was your day? And she says, hey, today was awesome. Um, I woke up this morning and as I was walking outside, I saw that the flowers were so beautiful. And I, I usually get up pretty early because I love to go to Starbucks on my way to work. I get an iced vanilla latte with one pump of vanilla. And I go to work, and, and she shares all about her day. And you are leaning in. You are like, oh my gosh, I'm taking notes. Okay, she wakes up early. How early? Oh, it was this time. Oh, she loves flowers, okay. Um, she, she loves coffee. We're going to go get her that. And you make the decision to, the next time you guys are going to hang out, wake up before her, and you wake up and you head over to Safeway. You're looking at the flowers, and you, you realize that a bouquet of roses costs $40, and you're like, whoa, didn't know that, um, but she's worth it. Man, I would spend $120. I would do anything just to get her these flowers. I would rip them out of the hands of someone. I would go out of my way. I would wake up early. I'm not normally a 6 a.m. kind of guy. I'm more of a 10 a.m. kind of guy. But I will get up early so that she would know that I did that for her. Then you head over to Starbucks and you remember, hey, I want an iced vanilla latte with one pump of vanilla. And you don't even like Starbucks. You're actually like the guy who's like, I don't know why people love coffee. But you went there anyways and you got it. You went over to her house. You put it on her car. You knew you were going to see her that night, so you took off. She gives you a call, and you don't answer. uh, But you head over that night, and you go to pick her up. And and she looks at you, and she says, did you give me those flowers? And you just are blank-faced. And she just smiles and says, I knew it. And in that moment, you get this crazy kind of joy. You think, oh, my gosh, I did that. I put a smile on her face. And it's something that you thought was so worth it. It's something that you were like, man, I would do this hundreds and hundreds of times just to serve her, just so that she would know that I value her relationship. It was worth it to see her smile. 
You know, it brings joy to our hearts to know that we serve people. And I wonder what would happen if we felt that way about Jesus. If we woke up in the morning and said, God, like, I just want to put a smile on your face today. What can I do? God, what, how can I live for you today? God, um, I want to see my friend come to know you. What do I have to do? Um, how, how do I disciple someone? Oh, I, I guess I'll just go to my word and see what you did. How did you disciple the disciples? And, and you start to get filled and you start to get joy. And in the morning you wake up and, and all of the city has changed. Your workplace has changed because you found joy in knowing God. And I think of just this reality. As maybe you've come to a place of like, hey, you know, COVID hit and all this madness has happened. And um, I've kind of taken a step aside away from those moments. And you're like, I don't know if I can get back to that moment with God. We used to have a pretty good relationship. Um, and it's kind of faded over COVID because I, I have a little bit more unbelief. I have a little less desire to, to, to breathe in the word or to, to pray because there's so many things going on. You have no idea. And I just want to say that God delights in um, our small steps towards him. And so this, this kind of analogy is more for the parents. Maybe you, um, I want you to go to that time when your son or daughter first started walking. You know, they, they, they take those steps and surely in the process of walking, they don't just take off running right away, right? They, they'll take a couple steps and fail a couple more steps and fail, but here's what you don't do in that kind of moment. You don't look at them and say, oh, my child's a moron. They're never gonna be able to walk. They're never gonna be able to run. They're never gonna be able to be a football player. They're never gonna be able to do all these things. No, actually the alternative, um, what you probably do is you pull out your phone and it, or maybe it was way back when you had a film camera. You start taking pictures. You bring out the video recorder and you're like, oh my gosh, my child's getting it. They're starting to walk. This is crazy. This is an awesome experience. You call up mom or, or someone in the family and you say, mom, a little Lindsay, she's starting to walk and it's crazy. And there's so much joy that happens. And I often think that God looks at us in that same way when we just open up the Bible. When, when we um, are reading a verse and we're trying, we're like, hey, man, I don't even understand what this says. He's looking down and he's like, oh, my gosh, they're trying. They're getting it. They're spending time with me. They're desiring to spend time with me. Or maybe we're praying to him and, and we're trying to use all these fancy words and all these things that we've heard before. And God's just like, oh, man, they, they want to talk to me. And, and he's getting all excited. And I think that God has that kind of um, personality where he finds joy in, in knowing that his children long to speak to him. And I know um, the Bible's very clear in, in, in this kind of way where it says in Psalms 37, 23 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly, and he delights in every detail of their lives. Now, maybe you felt too far gone. Maybe you think, I, I don't know if I am quite there, but um, regardless of where you're at, you are his son, you are his daughter. And he delights in knowing you. He delights in talking to you. He delights in, in those moments where, where you try to serve him, but you don't get it right the first time, but you try again and you try again and he's there with you and he wants you to just simply invite him into those areas of your life. And so how do we live a life worthy? 
How do we live worthy of following Jesus? How do we live worthy? Well, it's simple. It's relationship. It's going back to that moment where you long to serve him. It's your, it's your desire to see him uh, smile or, 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 or talk back to you or have communication. And it's, it's, a, it's a desire and it's really simple. We just have to look to him. We talk to him and we understand him. And so I'm hoping today that maybe you would understand that there's areas of your life that maybe you need to give God a little bit more control of. Now, I know we're in the middle of, 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 of wild things that are happening, things that we've never experienced. And some people get a little more emotional. Some people get a little bit more worried. But um, I, I would dare to ask you the question is, do you think God is shocked by any of this? I actually think that God um, desires in this moment to be even closer to you. He desires in this moment to look to you and, and to be a better friend, a better um, father, a better whatever it is that you're looking for, he desires to do that in this moment. And so I want to say, like, what is the one thing that you need an upgrade in? Is it staying steady in the Word? Do you need to get up a little bit sooner? Do you need a, um, a Bible reading plan? Do you, do you need to maybe get something that will help you learn what those things? We, we have tools for you guys. There's, there's Bible studies. There's video studies. There's things that are accessible to you. And I urge you to go and find those things just to understand God. And in simplicity, the last thing um, we need to do is just to talk to Him over and over and over again. Invite Him into your drive. Invite him into your decision making. Invite him into um, the things that you're going to do 10 years from now. God, what would you want me to do? You know, when you're, you're wondering, God, what, what do you think about politics? Listen to him. Allow him to speak into those things. And so I just want to pray for you guys and, and say that um, we as a family here at Central are for you, wherever you're at. If you're like, hey, I need help talking to God, come. We would love to pray with you. If you're like, hey, I need help with the Bible, we would love to help you in that area. But let's just go into a moment of prayer so, and, and let God speak to us and, and, and reveal maybe those things that, that we need an upgrade in. So God, I just thank you for the family here at Central. God, I thank you that is a delight to know you. I thank you that um, you knew us and you formed us in our mother's womb and, and you made plans for us and, and you love to partner with those plans. God, I thank you for every single person tuning in right now. God, I pray that you would reveal things to us in this moment. That you would um, speak to us. That our relationship would, would be based on um, not just works, but, but communication and, and longing to, to bring joy to your heart. God, I pray that we would be men and women who desire to bring joy to you. In the same way that we would wait in line. That we would wait to hear from you, God. In the same way that we would long to bring joy to a friend, a spouse, whatever it is, God, we would long to bring joy to you. So Jesus, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that every single one of us would get an upgrade in our walk with you. That every single one of us would be men and women who go to you in the morning, who go to you in the evening, 
go to you at night. God, I thank you. I thank you that you partner with us. I thank you that you love us. It's in your name we pray. We love you. We need you. And we certainly can't live without you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.